Hey, moms, dads, and grandparents. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and I know how hard it is to provide a great education for military kids. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and succeed beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com front slash grade about enrollment. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some are analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed in life. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students from grade K to 12. Visit k12.com front slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com front slash grade. Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are radio strong. Military Mom Talk Radio is sponsored in part by K-12. No matter where our military families are, K-12 enhances your child's ability to succeed. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got one of our favorite guests coming on today, Rob. Jody Bramer is just so great. I'm so excited to have her back on the show today. She always is such a wealth, but you know, there's something about Jody's manner that just puts one at ease, and she just has so much to to uh, give us that gives us um, such a, a gentle nudge in the right direction. We love Jody. Absolutely. Well, we got lots of good um, guests again this year. You know, I love how each year, um, you know, we have different waves. Like we had psychologists that psychiatrists on for a while then we had authors and and uh you know it's just never dull here uh on military mom talk radio i know and you know it's interesting because it's great when people do find the podcasts because then they give us some feedback and and say oh my gosh you know that really hit home for me or oh that really was something that i wasn't aware of and the authors that we have um i i have to say some of them have really hit home, especially here at our house. Steve will read a book um, that we'll get in and just really resonates and really does touch a very tender spot. So we're very appreciative of all of the um, 
all of the authors that we've been having on. And I hope we have a lot more. I mean, the Military Writers Society of America has just put out some amazing authors. So um, I'm, we'll have a lot more of them as the year goes on. Yeah, once we get our, you know, we either they gear up in uh, September when they have their big event with their award winners. So we'll get a whole slew of nice. award-winning authors to bring on the show, uh, you know, once we get closer to that date. Right, right. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. So everybody back to school over in your neck of the woods? Everybody's back to school. My dad's back from Pensacola. He went to the Flight Museum uh, in Pensacola, oh. Florida. which was beautiful. I mean, it really, they really, you know, it was a top-notch event. And I got to tell you, you know, they landed, my dad and my Uncle Gary, you know, they're 80 and 81, respectively. They <laughs> land in Tampa, Florida. They drive 10 hours to Pensacola. And then they get this, you know, wild idea, you know, these two crazy senior citizens that they're going to drive over to Mobile, Alabama, to see the the Alabama, and uh, there was a uh, submarine there that had been sunk uh, in Hurricane Katrina. So they were off. Oh, they were so excited to go see that, and you know, uh, be on the Alabama and just be a part of history. And I think you know, it's such a great thing for our veterans. I know we've got different flights that you know bring certain veterans to see the wall. I think it's so mm. important. Um, you know, that we are so um, encouraging of our veterans exploring that time in their lives, especially, you know, the, the Vietnam veterans, you know, and mm-hmm. I know everybody talks about the greatest generation, but they're, you know, they're all great generations. They're all great heroes. And, you know, to have one be the greatest generation and one be not really sticks in my craw, even though my dad's a member of that generation. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so important that we wholly support that time in their lives because so many of our seniors don't talk about it. That's very true. Thanks for saying that, Sam, because, yes, that is something important to us, too. Uh, The Honor Flight uh, program really is a wonderful program because those who are become escorts of the veterans that they're taking down, it's a gift for them as well to be able to not only experience the visit, but to experience it through the eyes of the person that they're escorting. What a wonderful program this is. It is. It is. And there's so many neat programs out there. You know, I'm so thrilled that, you know, we can, um, you know, we can really uh, participate in some of this stuff uh, because it's, it's just so great to be able to promote it, even though, you know, we're not, you know, eligible to ride on any of those things. They are really neat, and these programs are really cool. Um, though I tell you, my dad gets so excited every week when we go out for a hamburger, and he gets his uh, military discount. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So what did he see at the museum? What kind of um, aircraft were there on display? Oh, my gosh, Rob. They had so many. Um, they had so many different um so many, you know, different airplanes, you know, going from, you know, as far back as, you know, World War Two, and, and, you know, they were in beautiful condition. And, you know, my dad is notoriously cheap, but he bought the, like, color abridged version, you know, that had, oh. had pictures of all these aircraft and, you know, had history and stories about it. And, you know, it was just really cool. Oh, wow. How fun that is. There's so much to aviation history and my husband being a, a a pilot as well, it really is something that that's very fascinating to us. That's exciting. Say again where it is because we should plug them. Yeah, it's down in Pensacola, Florida. Um, 
And uh, it's not, you know, there's a beautiful base down there, and they do a lot of, you know, flight training down there, and there's a big uh, naval museum down there. Oh, wow. So the next time we're down in Florida, we're going to have to check that out. That's right. I don't know if I'll be over there anytime soon. You'll be there faster than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have a family thing in 2016, so <laughs> we have to we have to put our sights so while we're down there in 2016, maybe we can see it. I, it would be nice if we could get there before then, though. That would be cool. Either way, you know, just to be able to go is such a gift. Absolutely, absolutely. And even just to be able to get to Washington. There's so many museums, though, all across the country. And I think that's what's uh, what's really nice. You know, I was kind of thinking I was earlier this afternoon how incredibly fortunate this generation is that we have such a wealth of things right at our fingertips to be able to research and be able to find whether it be something like our show where we're helping to helping families find information or just being able to google uh military resources or whatever and being able to find all of these things remember when we had to go to the library to do our homework and you had to make sure you had library time or get to the library and if it was snowy and you couldn't get to the library you couldn't get your report done or you got to the library and somebody checked out the book and they weren't supposed to remember that one yes that would happen as well, or the or it was wasn't referenced properly, and you couldn't find it, and somebody put the J's and the Z's, and thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do we, maybe in our generation, in, in my age, I'm a little bit older than you, but not much, um, as far as the um, our parents who had to scrimp and had. Um, um, things rationed in World War II, we don't quite have, we, we just think, oh, you need sugar, you just go buy sugar. Oh, we need coffee, we just go buy coffee. We don't think of those things having had been rationed at one point in time. True, true. Well, and there's really no way, you know, that the kids can understand it because I can't understand it. You know, I started on the computer when I was in kindergarten, Rob. So, you know, the idea that you couldn't just, you know, like look stuff up or, you know, process things or, I mean, I have the handwriting of a serial killer thanks to putting me on the computer in kindergarten. But, um, you know, I just don't think there's any way you can really, uh, you can really know what it's like to live there. And that's, in that generation. And that's why, you know, like our military writers or our guests that we come on that talk about, you know, days Mm -hmm. gone by, they're so, it's so, so important because that's the only reference we have left. And there's such a difference. Like we saw that with the iHistory interviews last week, you know, we talked about the Worthington Foundation and what they're doing. You can look at a bunch of stills or you can hear somebody speak and tell the story that was there. And it's just not even close. Absolutely. And being able to uh, hear those, the, the, the break in their voice when something was so important and you realize how much this has affected this person's life in total the, the, from the day it happened on. It's not just an event that happened and then was over. This is something that's, that people live with for the rest of their lives in one way, shape, or form. And maybe that's something we'll bring up with Jody coming on, um, how things are, are, are 
digested, I guess you could say, because things don't go away in your mind, um, but things are definitely there and, and needing a little help for our family to put into perspective, and Dr. Jody's going to help us with that. Um, we've had her on many times, and I hope you've appreciated all of her visits that she has given us. She's a, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's worked as a case manager and a program coordinator and a supportive care therapist for ma families involved in the treatment at um, her facility. So do stay tuned. Dr. Jody Bramer is with us on the other side of the break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Be back in a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's The traditional American breakfast, including fried eggs, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Now that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A posiwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are visiting with Dr. Jody Bramer today, and we are going to talk about uh, reintegration. That's a word that we hear a lot these days um, as people are coming home and coming back to their families. Uh, but before we get into that, Rob, I would like Dr. Jody Bramer to introduce herself to the audience. For those of you that haven't uh, been with us for a while, you can hear Dr. Jody on a lot of episodes uh, in our uh, in our grouping at iTunes, also on Toginet. Just look for Dr. Jody Bramer. She has lots and lots of really great information uh, for military families, and she herself has a lot of experience with the military, personally and professionally. Jody, I'll let you explain all that to our listeners. 
Well, thank you very much, Sandra. Uh, my military background goes back to the day I was born in Bethesda Naval Hospital. My father was a Navy doctor way back in the day. Uh, he served in the Cuban Missile Crisis. I uh, grew up to marry a Marine pilot. Uh, I am now very happily married to a Navy retired independent duty corpsman who are generally the, called the docs. Uh, the doc, you know, the, the doc who's assigned to the to the military members that go out. He served three tours in Iraq, and I am very, very honored to be working with um, probably 80% of my clientele are military families uh, through Military One Source. Um, I work with uh, the wives, the husbands, the couples, the individuals, the children in helping deal with all military lifestyle, which also is general lifestyle and and issues with marriage and relationships and child rearing and and the specific challenges that go along with the military such as deployments and homecomings reintegrations and things that are specific to just what it's like to be away from home to be away from your family to be in this community that is the military and uh, how unique the challenges are um, versus any other way of life. Right now, um, I'm, I'm based in the Southern California area, and I work with a lot of Camp Pendleton folk. And right now, I love this topic, Sandra and Robin, because right now we're looking at a few of our um, uh, units coming back from deployment in the month of May and June. And I've got several wives that are going through a lot of transitions right now in finally getting their footing and uh, figuring out how it is to be alone for six to eight months at a time and then to be dealing with, okay, our, our husbands are coming back. Um, what do we do? How do we exactly process this? It took us so long to get used to it and now we are having to adjust again and uh, boy, welcome to the military. I've got um, some some clients that are first-time-arounders and some that are very experienced. Uh, but one of the things I, I find is that no matter what deployment number it is, every deployment is different, every deployment is unique, and everybody's situation in going into that deployment is at a different place than it was before. If you're a first-timer or you have no children, it might be different when you have children, and then you might have a different situation if the children were babies versus what do I do now that the children are older? How do I uh, make adjustments for that? Or here I've gotten really comfortable with my routine and what's going to happen when my husband comes back in and, and the routine changes and what about my friends, the ones that I've leaned on for so long and, and have spent so much time with? What am I supposed to do? And what about the friends whose husbands aren't back yet? And there's a lot of very unique challenges uh, that my military families encounter, as I'm sure you both <laughs> can attest to. Jody, I, I'm curious to know if you see a difference in the um, difficulty to adjust if someone has deployed numerous times, come home each each time, and then gone back, versus the ones who have longer term. Uh, separations and maybe do a longer tour and then come back. Uh, do you find that those those to be more difficult, less difficult, or everybody's different? 
I think everybody's different. And I think mm. the tours themselves are very different. It depends on what coping mechanisms you have going into it. It depends on whether or not the person who's being deployed is going to a combat situation because that will introduce all sorts of different stressors than if somebody is going on what they call um, uh, uh, a MU, which is a Marine Expeditionary Unit, which is basically going out to sea for a while and going to some exotic ports of call. Uh, we also have some people that are going to different places in the country, some that pose less of a risk than others. And if, if you've been through it a lot, uh, each one still poses a different challenge because you might be at a different place in time. And depending on how long the person has gone for, what the, what the military member has encountered, uh, you really have to play each one by ear. When they come back, if they've come back from combat, there's going to be different challenges than if they've come back from a MU or from um, a land-based, non-hostile uh, deployment. Hmm. I can only imagine that it must be difficult coming back numerous times regardless because you've got um, your military career puts you in such a different frame of mind than when you're back home in a civilian environment. Are you talking about the military member or the family? The member, yeah. Well, and of course the family has has to uh, readjust, but I'm just thinking of the mindset of the military member because their responsibilities when they're on duty are just completely different than um, <laughs> what we could possibly ever understand back home. Absolutely. And we have to also realize that even in a non-combat situation, generally speaking, and I don't mean to sound chauvinistic in any way, but most of the time it's men. When the men are off with other men, they kind of forget what it's like to come home and be with women and be with children and uh, what it's like. You can't exactly scratch your privates, or maybe you can, or um, talk the way that, that Navy sailors are so used to talking. I mean, you have to remind them, hey, uh, you're back among civilized people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's a challenge, no matter it's, what. Um, it is for both, for both. And coming yeah. back into the um, the different lifestyle, the military member steps back into a role that may be familiar to him, but may not exist anymore. If uh, the military person comes back and is used to being the head of the household, uh will be unto that person because the head of the household has just been running the household for the last six to eight months and things aren't exactly as they left. Yeah. And they, everybody's got to try to find their own place coming back into the reintegration. And there are steps. I mean, this is, this is understood. And if you reach out and you get the help that you need or you, you go to the resources available through all the military, you, you can find that what the individual is going through might feel unique but is not not unique to the point that they are alone. I mean, we have the honeymoon period. We have the time when people come back and they're so happy to see each other. Or it might be awkward because they haven't seen or touched each other in such a long time, and it's awkward to have that level of intimacy without having been open to each other throughout the whole deployment. And then we have the nitty-gritty of, well, the man still has to get, I'm sorry, the military member has to get back to work. Uh, and what does the... The person back home do? How do they readjust to fit 
how their life had been into accommodating this new person, this old person, back into the into the schedule. And of course, if there are children, all rules are thrown out the window because you're at a different place in the school time calendar. You're at a different place in the vacations. You're at a different place in their in their growth and their maturity. And it takes a while. It, time doesn't stop. Time keeps moving forward despite the deployment. Hmm. You know, what I found interesting is is the way people change. You know, Jody, and I'd like to carry this over. You know, we only have a couple minutes to break. Um, you said something, you know, it, when you were talking about deployments, and I'm more concerned to talk about in this next segment about multiple deployments because I think everything's focused on the first deployment, but things change so much, you know, and you change so much. Like, you know, a deployment when, when you're 28 and both married and single and working is so different than a deployment when you have a toddler at home or you have a five-year-old at home. I mean, that's like totally different um, deployments. Do you know what I mean? It might be the same deployment, you know, for the for the deployed person, but the situation is really, really changed. Uh, you know, when, when you get older and you have two or three deployments under your belt because you're a different person and your life is completely different. Absolutely. And it would be whether or not the people were together that whole time or not. People grow and they grow in different directions. But if they're growing, one's on, on a on a boat and one's in land and doing different things, absolutely, it, it presents even more challenges than um, than normal. And then you add combat into that, and oh my gosh, <laughs> mm. well, it, it it takes a a definite degree of <laughs> compromise, communication, and personal growth. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the young one, younger ones who may have been um, just newlyweds when they were went off on deployment and then came home to a baby. <laughs> Talk about oh, yeah. throwing a real monkey wrench into it. They didn't have much time to get together as a couple, and then all of a sudden um, have a new a new little one in in the midst of it. Very challenging. We're talking today with Jody Bramer. Um, she is a family therapist and provides personalized care for all of military members and their families struggling with this specific hardships that the military incurs and isn't it true it's not just the military it's the whole family it's not just the military member we have lots more questions for Jody on the other side of the break here on military mom talk radio we'll be back in a moment we've got lots more ahead stay with us on military mom talk radio Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as 
azagafrenia. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are visiting with Dr. Jody Bramer today. For those of you that missed the first half of the show, please check us out on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio or the .com by the same name, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com, or our host station in Texas, Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. We are talking about deployment today, specifically how people change, how lives change, situations change with multiple deployments. Uh, uh, Jody, I'm sure you've got some great thoughts on this. Oh, absolutely. And again, just like Sandra was alluding to before, um, the number of times people have deployed, the age at which the deployments occur for both people, uh, the context in which the deployment is happening, you know, um, people going into it, there's such a resilience in military life you have to. You have to be resilient. You have to be ready to move at a moment's notice. You have to be ready for whatever is thrown. Uh, they. <laughs> this is getting into one of the things that I used, to, and I know that this is true because I hear it from my wives all the time. Is when a wife will say that somebody said to them, or somebody said to me when I was military active, uh, that you knew what you were getting into, and. You know what you were getting into marrying a military person. That is just so wrong on so many levels. But one thing that we do know is that to stay 
in a military lifestyle, you have got to develop your resilience. You've got to develop your your ability to handle things on the fly and to become really good at juggling, at accepting, at even if you don't like the flow, going with the flow. Um, being a part of the team that is you and your husband and your family. And it, it, in some ways, it gets easier. I have a lot of wives that are very concerned about the first deployment because they hear all these stories. And by the third, fourth, or fifth deployment, um, the idea of separating from the spouse is suspect, except, of course, if they're going into combat. So they know they can do it. They gain the sense of confidence over being able to be alone, be independent, be to be capable, to be in control. And in that sense, the confidence will build. Uh, in a lot of times, though, the deployment itself can be occurring at a very difficult time in the marriage. What happens if you deploy when when there's a pregnancy or a new baby? What happens if you deploy when there's family hardship or illness? This is a reality, and it doesn't matter if it's the first deployment or the fifth or tenth, God forbid, the tenth deployment. Uh, it has to be it has to be evaluated on its own merit. It has to be judged. You know, the combat deployments are are frightening on such a level above. And depending on how old you are, you're as, as Sandra, as you said, at 23, you're not the same as you will be at 33 or 43. Your ability to manage things, your confidence in yourself, it all grows with with experience. Well, or it just changes. You know, the thing is, we, we assume that we, as we get older, we get better at things. But I'm going to buzz in, Jody, and I'm going to say some of us just get tired. Like, I can tell you, like, in my 30s, I could manage so much more than I can do in my 40s. And granted, in some areas of my life, I'm much better at things. But there are a whole lot of areas that I'm just done, like been there, done that, done, done, done. And I don't have the same tolerance level. I don't have the same resiliency. And resiliency is a big part of the military family. But as we get older, you know, some of those things don't get better. You are right. And that poses an entire new aspect to the conflict. And that's when you're, you've been there, done that. Just like you said, you've been on so many, the, the military member has been on deployments. And, and <laughs> trust me, the wives are on deployments too, and it's just in a different mindset. And there gets to be a time where the person at home might say, hey, I'm done with this. I'm done having the military control me. We've done it, been there, I've been supportive. Now I think it's time for us to get on with our life. And this is often what I see as a conflict of, um, is it time to get out? Is it time to to retire? Is it time to um, not sign the next contract? And that in and of itself is oftentimes a real struggle for families. Uh, say you're close to retirement, which is the magic 20-year mark. Or say they give early incentive or an incentive for early retirement around the 15-year mark. Or what happens if you're at that magic 10-year mark where people are approaching and getting really close and they figure, well, if I put in 10, I may as well put in another 10 and just retire. And the wives might think, hey, when is it my time? When do I get to focus on my career? When do I get to not have to play second fiddle to what the military wants? Uh, when do we get to control our family and not anyone else? And honestly, that's, that's, that's a 
really good question, and it, it's a lot of conflict for a lot of families at that time. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I see my friends going through the same thing. What they suffered in their 20s, they are not willing to suffer for anymore in their 40s. You're, like you said, they want their time, too. And that whole thing about, you know, what you got into, oh, forget it. Nobody knows yes. what they get into. When they get into anything, otherwise they wouldn't. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, I'm kind of thinking in two different directions here. I'm almost wondering if, uh, first of all, if you have somebody who is um, just beginning deployments and the spouse is a very type A person, there must be some techniques to help them be a little more flexible, a little more resilient. Then my other, uh, the other way my brain was going as I was listening to you talk, there must be a very vulnerable point where people are getting tired and divorce rates start creeping up. And how do you get to separate your maybe dislike for the military versus dislike for your spouse? Oh. And those are two <laughs> totally different oh. concepts, but that just opens up a whole another conversation. It really does, and I see that with 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 right. You know, there. Oh, I don't even know where to start on that one. I know I gave you two different, <laughs> totally different directions. It, it, I'll take the second one first. Um, it's not always the military spouse that wants to get out. Sometimes it's the military member who is tired of being away from the family, who is tired of having their life controlled, that wants to get out. And sometimes the military spouse is the one who says, hey, listen, this is our bread and butter, this is our insurance, this is our medical, this is our paycheck. Uh, what else are we going to do? I, I, we don't have the comfort and security blanket of, of the military. You can't get out. And sometimes that is, is a real conflict. Um, there does have to be the communication between couples to have some sort of decision as to what the end goal is. Yes, the military is is the the, the gospel when when you know the military member has to do what the military signs up for. But in choosing a wife or choosing a spouse the military member also takes on the role of being a partner in a relationship. And those two are not necessarily always compatible. Mm. When you have to do what the military says, you have to do what the military says. At what point, and this is for the couple themselves to discuss, at what point will the needs of the family supersede or or come into play with what the needs of the military are. And I think that's where a lot of hardcore conversations have to come out, or there's going to be a lot of misunderstandings, there's going to be a lot of fights, there's going to be a lot of filing for divorce, because people aren't on the same page. At some point, you have to allow your partner to have a say. And that's not always easy, because you do have that obligation. You signed up. You've got to fulfill that obligation. And 
but yet you have um, your whole life is usually tied up with your spouse so that's that's got to be a very very difficult angst if if things are not flowing the way they should be flowing I think on the other side I would like to uh, talk a little bit about some of those techniques for some of the people who are newly uh, involved in a deployment and maybe are having a little bit of trouble with the flexibility of of getting um, getting used to being a separation a separated couple and then being able to get back together again with Dr. Jody Bramer right after the break. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23:59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Hey, moms, dads, and grandparents. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and I know how hard it is to provide a great education for military kids. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and succeed beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com grade about enrollment. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some are analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. 
Students from K-12 powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed in life. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students from grade K to 12. Visit k12.com front slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com front slash grade. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Mom, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and our guest today is Dr. Jody Bramer, and we are talking about deployment issues, whether we are uh, pre-deployment, post-deployment, first deployment, second deployment, you name it. If it's got the word deployment in it, we're going to talk about it today. Uh, so uh, without much further ado, I'm going to put you over to Robin because you were asking some things before the break, Rob, and uh, I'd love Jody to pick up where we left off. Well, yes, we were talking a little bit about um, maybe having some techniques for those people who are just beginning to experience separation. And how does one uh, get a little more resilient? How does one get? We, we keep talking about resilience, but if one isn't sort of predisposed to that, that might be difficult. Hello? Oh, are you th- did you hear me, Jody? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. It went out for oh. a second. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. I was saying that sometimes people may not be predisposed to being resilient, and we keep talking about um, resilience, but possibly you could give us some techniques or a little bit of, of guidance as far as how do we get a little more resilience. Well, that, that's a good question. Uh, it's not something that we're necessarily born with. And uh, <laughs> uh, learn, having it happen time and time again will help. However, you're right, the first time around is a really difficult turn. Um, the best thing I could do is say to reach out and get support. And that support comes in many different ways. Uh, if you've got a good relationship with your family, reach out there. Uh, reach out to your friends for the people left behind to make lots of plans. It's very important to make plans of things to do and things to look forward to. That way they don't get caught up in simply the missing uh, of, of the person. It's important to learn to um, figure out things that you can grab onto and, and hold on as a life raft and, and maybe investigate some some hobbies or classes or uh, things that you wouldn't necessarily have done with your spouse around. Uh, For instance, what if you want to take a class in something? That's a wonderful time to do that. Uh, I I think I'm jumping ahead of myself, though, because what do you do when you actually get the news? You're going, where? Mm -hmm. And the person has to, (laughs) to, to deal with that. And, you know, they call it a deployment cycle for a reason. It's a cycle. It starts... It circles and it comes back around again so that even when the, when the person comes back home, there will be another call for deployment down the line. That's why it's called a cycle because it'll happen over and over again. Now, when you first get the notice, there are certain things that happen in the cycle. Uh, you know, there's the denial. There's the 
anger. There's the bargaining. Well, maybe they don't have to send you. And there's the depression of, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And there's some very practical things that people can sink their teeth into right off the bat. And that's figuring out what, you know, you can fall apart all you want. You can crumble. You can, you can fall on the floor later. But there will be some things that need to be done. When you first hear that, that's gonna, that the deployment is going to occur, this is the time to kind of go into, all right, what do I need to do? What needs to be done? What kind of list do I need to make? What are some practical things that need to be done? What, is, what do, do I need to have taken care of before he goes? What do I need to have in process? What, what bills do I need to pay? What, what is going to be happening? What do I need to plan for? Um, the emotional distancing is, is also something to look for. To, to anticipate uh, the, the idea that it's easier to say goodbye to someone if you aren't terribly emotionally invested, which is sometimes a pattern that we see with, with, our, with our couples that they start pulling away or they start sniping at each other or everything starts getting on their, their nerves because it's so much easier to say goodbye if I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, go, go, because right. I don't like you right now. <laughs> and if I love you too much, it's going to be too hard to say goodbye. So... We emotionally distance ourselves as part of our natural mm-hmm. self-protection. Uh, it serves a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a necessary aspect of being able to function and move forward rather than to be a blithering blob of puddle water tears on the floor. But there will be some things that need to be done. And you have to mm-hmm. think of the things that need to be done. What? What? What are the lists? Let's make up lists. Let's figure out what needs to be done. And then to do the opposite of your natural inclination, which is to push that person away, but to hold on to them, to to take what I call mental photographs, to take mental pictures, and to to um, the to enjoy the moment with this person, to sit down on the couch and watch a show and look over at them and say to yourself, I'm going to miss this, but I, I've got it right this second, so... Let me remember this. Let me remember what it's like to have him sitting next to here and, and what it's like to see him smile or to have him look over at me and then to remember how important this is when he's gone because this is what I'm going to hold on to. This is, these are the mental snapshots. Going out grocery shopping, uh, what is that like with, with him? Let me watch him play with the kids on the floor. Let me see him studiously putting his uniform together because this is the man that I love and this is what I what I want to hold on to and realizing that although it's our inclination to distance ourselves and our inclination to be angry um, we can be angry at, at the military we could be angry at God we could be angry at our government we could be angry at at our our spouse you know how could you do this how could you leave me the emotions are normal emotions it's part of the grieving process and we do grieve we do grieve when we know that our beloved person is not going to be with us. We grieve when we have empty nest syndrome, even if everything's going to be fine when our kids go away. The grieving part comes with the territory. But the reality is there's things that need to be done. We are going to miss this person. Let's be open and honest about it. Let's say what we need from the other person while we're gone. Uh, There's only a certain amount of communication that you can actually do. 
I mean, there will be rules and regulations as far as accessing Wi-Fi or sending texts or being able to talk with people on the phone. There, there will be limitations, mm-hmm. and these need to be discussed because it's it's wrong for a spouse to think, well, I'm going to be able to talk to him every morning and every night because that just may not happen. Mm-hmm. And if one of their friends is getting a call and they're not, then they start getting angry at their spouse. Well, why aren't you calling me? Uh, so-and-so down the, down the road got a call from their spouse. They have to realize that every situation with every military member, wherever they're going, is unique. And just because Joe Smith down the street was able to call home doesn't mean that my husband will. And we have to realize that we miss them and they they want to contact us as much as we want to contact them. And in learning to distance ourselves we have to fulfill our life with things that matter here and now. And that means distracting. That means engaging. That means bringing in the troops, calling in our friends, calling our family if they are supportive, finding things that interest us, find mm-hmm. things that make us feel whole and complete without requiring or needing our spouse to complete us. It's what separates a military person from a non-military person is that sense of independence that we are forced to find within ourselves as well as pick up all the loose ends of things that are, <laughs> are, are left behind. It's up to us. Our children will look out at us and see how we're coping and, and take their cues from us. And we need to at least put on a front, you know, fake it till you make it. And then eventually you will make it. And it's a question of gathering every support system available. And for all the military people that are listening, I hate to give a plug again to Military One Source, but oh my God, this is a wonderful time to reach out and use all of the resources that the website provides and that so many military websites provide. They, they come up with ideas, suggestions, resources, legal help, um, financial help, um, even things if you're new to the area and your husband is deployed, where do you go shopping, where do you go banking, all the practical things that need to be done. I think too so many times um, there are opportunities say Either, either through the National Guard or the uh, family um, outreach type things. Maybe it might be the VA. Maybe it might be Girl Scouts. You, you can become involved with organizations. And even though you might not be able to give them a year-long commitment, you um, may be able to just do some short-term things with each of these organizations. And I think once you have purpose uh, and, and have that control say over those elements then it's easier for you to deal with the things that are out of your control because then you're not totally stressed because you at least do have that um, that uh, conquer conquering of that one element in your life so that when something else happens like a deployment or like someone not coming home when they're supposed to um, it's a little bit easier to to deal with. So I hope that that's Absolutely. Even true. Facebook. Facebook has tons of, of pages for right. for support and military military spouses and, and volunteering your time, just as you're suggesting, volunteering mm-hmm. to to even 
uh, an animal shelter or something that gives sure. you a sense of completion or, or satisfaction or or joy or just con- just contributing makes your gives you a purpose. Absolutely. Jody, we've come to the end of the show, and I hate to say goodbye for today, but I do hope that means that we'll have you another day. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and if, uh, if anybody needs me, I'm at www.jodybramer.com. That's J-O-D-Y-B-R-E-M-E-R.com. And I love being on the show, Robin. Thank you so much for inviting me. We always love you, Jody, and we appreciate all that you do for our military families. Thanks to uh, Walter Thank and you. Steve, who are in the chat room as well, and I want to encourage everybody to join us next week. I do hope you'll join us. We always love hearing from you, and we will be back next week on Military Mom Talk Radio. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.